go. <laughs> are you an amateur filmmaker? If you are, we would love to review your films. Also, if you are looking to advertise or sponsor the show, you can contact me, Mike, or Joe through a couple of averagejoes.com or directly Joe Spiegel, that's S P E I G L E, at gmail.com or M as in Mike, P as in Paul, S as in Sutherland, 5150, MPS5150 at gmail.com. Now they know my name. Go! Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am just people. I'm Mike Sutherland. All right. How's your week been? It's been interesting. Yeah? Any uh, any, any uh, juice? No, I don't want to get into it. It's, it takes too long. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, fuck it. Um, all right. This is our How to Train Your Dragon Part 3, The Hidden World, the final chapter, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, that and uh, we got a is lot of- Is it really the final chapter? <laughs> Well, until there's some... You until know, How to Train Your Dragon 4 comes out. Until the Shrek reboot fucking tanks and everything else that DreamWorks does nowadays tanks. And then they're like, oh, you know, we're going to bring back our moneymaker. Yeah, because Shrek's <coughs> going to tank. Have you seen the teaser for it? No. It's fucking hilarious. Is it? Yeah. You haven't seen the Shrek teaser? I didn't know there was a Shrek teaser. Oh. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> oh, my. Well, surprise me. Where were we? Uh, okay. Yeah, I I did not know that. I I I just I still thought they were in like uh, pre-production mode. Like, you know, like it, what was it when we announced it? We read that it, they were going to redo Shrek. Was like a year ago or so. Or here it is, right here. It's fucking hilarious, dude. Shrek Ever After was supposed to be the last one. Not, oh come on, not bad. Yeah, not bad. I like I like the fact they showed Lord Fuckwad. Well, yeah, but <laughs> they they made fun of themselves for rebooting it, uh-huh. you know. So and then they if, when you're watching the trailer, you see everybody the Pied Piper and and the witches and <laughs> you know everybody's dead and yeah, you know I was kind of waiting for them to, to to jump in to do the dance, but they didn't. So. <laughs> I, I just I like that breakdown from Thriller, the the, the, the beat. So you're a monster. Yeah, <laughs> not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Eat me. 
Fucking <laughs> God, there was a, there was a time at my old job uh, with me and the uh, coworkers in the wash bay would just constantly do like Shrek lines and shit, and I was always always doing that, always doing Gingerbread Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Anyways, um, and, and that makes me want to see the movie now. Uh-huh. Just that simple teaser. Yeah. Just because they they are they they broke the fourth wall. Yeah, you know that's that tells me everything I need to know right there that they have a good sense of humor about it. And yeah, and hey, I something. mean, just as long as it's better than Shrek the Third, you know, I'm on board. Or the fourth, or the the fifth. fourth. You know what? I, I the fourth wasn't bad. It's just it, I think that it was I I it was better than part three, so I didn't hate it, was but I it? didn't I didn't care, you know, if I ever saw it again, you know. Yeah. But yeah, God, Shrek the Third was fucking turd. That year, there was a lot of part threes that came out. It was Spider-Man 3 and something else that was a three. And it was like, no, nah, that was, yeah. That was enough. Yeah. That was enough threes. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the new uh, D- Detective Pikachu uh, trailer, uh, official number two, came out. And uh, you know what? After seeing the second trailer, I- I'm on board. All right. I'm on board. I want to see it. want to play it? Yeah, do it. Do it. With a heavy case of amnesia in the middle of nowhere, the only clue to my past is Harry's name and address inside this hat. So, I'm in my windy apartment, and that's when I found you and your stapler guy. Stop talking! You're a hallucination! You're a hallucination. So, you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Harry got in too deep. Mixed up the wrong crowd, that kind of thing. Look, you can talk to humans. I can talk to Pokemon. And if you want to find your pops, we're going to need each other. No, I don't need a Pokemon. What about a world-class detective? Ah, my clues. What is all this? Harry is still alive. Case closed. But still open until I solve it. All right, here it is. Harry faked his own death. Or... Somebody else faked Harry's death. Or Harry faked <laughs> somebody else's death. That last one doesn't work no. at all. You know what? I I I know like uh, with these trailers, a lot of times they give away too much. I think that the you know they shouldn't have shown Mewtwo because he's 
pretty much the most powerful Pokemon that's out there. Oh, well, they, they they have other ones. Yeah, I I know there's some that came out after him, but he was like the first one that when they did the like first legendary. Yeah, and you uh, I I fucking I can't believe but I Mewtwo know this. Came out like. I mean, we're talking like 10, 15 years oh, ago yeah. when they introduced them, so that's that's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's based off me not knowing shit about Pokemon anymore. Yeah. Mewtwo uh, is like the only one I know of that's like super mega powerful, right? So, but yeah, I, <laughs> I thought they were going to do the rule of three where he smacks him in the face with his tail three times, but maybe they'll do that in the movie itself. They may, not yeah. Not the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> God I, damn it. But that I... That Chase each Aikman thing never gets old. The, um... The uh, I was look I was sold just on from the first trailer mm-hmm. when they're walking through the brook with the Bulbasaurs. Yeah, I was just like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I don't care who you are, how old you are. When when you see that, when you see when you watch that scene just from the trailer, yeah, like that they did a fucking great job. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, when you first see the trailers for the Lost World Jurassic Park when you see the Stegosauruses walking through the. There, because you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because when you you see the trailer back in two thousand and, or I'm sorry, nineteen ninety seven or whatever, you you know, you know, you didn't get to see the Stegosaurus in the first film, so it looked really cool that they stepped their game up on that shit. So, um, yeah, you know what? I I know we're gonna end up seeing the goddamn thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I want to see it. I mean, I just just for uh, um, just for the fact that it looks great. Yeah, you know, well, Ryan Reynolds too. He's sexy. Ray Liotta's going to be in the Sopranos prequel? Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right. So um, it's been, this summer, it will have been 29 years since the sequel to Gremlins came out in theaters, the the new batch, right? Uh-huh. And they uh, they announced that they're going to be, uh, Warner Brothers is going to be doing an animated series. No, no, no. What's that? What are they doing? The animated? They're doing a streaming service animated series. Okay. It's for their streaming service. Yeah. Okay. You have to pay for it. Okay. Everyone's going that route, dude. Everybody's doing that shit. I'm not, I don't care. It's That's the point. I don't care. I'm out. Well, I mean, look, eventually it's going to come to some kind of a head because not everyone's going to pay for this shit. Not everyone's going to, you know, people want their a la carte and they're not giving, most, most of these companies aren't giving people a la carte. They're giving them, you know, these limited options. So they're going from the extremes of cable companies to now this 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 uh I know but I'm segregated out. I'm, streaming shit. I'm completely out on this until they change their model I don't give a shit yeah I, I don't care I don't care about CBS all access I don't care about the Warner Brother thing I don't care about Fox um the only one I'm interested in is the Disney one yeah you know and in, in Disney's um <coughs> negotiating with Warner Brothers to get the the rest of their shares for Hulu so they'll own it completely outright yeah we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with that so I have a feeling that if they do get all the rest of those shares for Hulu, that they're just going to turn Hulu into their Disney streaming service. Possible, but... And then, uh, then hey, maybe we'll see a, a Punisher and Daredevil resurgence. Hopefully. Z- uh, Zay Chun, who is doing... Who does Gotham at once... Are you? I don't know why it's doing that, dude. <laughs> that X. There we go. You're kidding me. <laughs> Every time I just try to open up a website, it's just pop-ups and fucking... Yeah, it's like you're playing a fucking video game trying to knock everything down. Yeah. It's like uh, spam in the... In I don't the, care. I, it's like spam in I the I don't 90s. care. Who cares? <laughs> trying to move on. Uh, the series will be a prequel to the films following Gizmo, the Mogwai at the center of the movies, and a young version of Mr. Wing, who is played by Key Luke in the picks, as they go on adventures in the years before Gizmo ends up in the care of Billy Peltz. 
Chun, who is also the founder of comic book publisher TKO, is rep. I don't really care about that. Uh, Warner Brothers streaming service is set to launch later this year, but original programming li- likely won't roll out until 2020. Library roll content out. from Warner Media Properties will make up the beta version. Yeah, okay, well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you keep reading about oh, it. Oh, it, it offers three pricing tiers. Oh. Ooh. What is what is your three pricing tiers? Expensive, moderately expensive, and prohibitively expensive. And go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yeah. You must develop a relationship with your viewers. And if you're commu- your communications company, you can no longer rely exclusively on oversized bundles of content. <laughs> The result is a three-tier offering of streaming packages. The entry-level bundle to come from Warner will offer a starter movie package. Next up is premium with original programming and blockbuster movies. And then the third service will, co- will, will bundle content, which he just said, exclusively on oversized bundles of content. Yeah. And then if you want, the, if you want everything, you get to bundle all the content together. You fucking retard. He's not. Yeah, he, <laughs> they know what they're doing. The greedy little fucks. It'll bundle content from the first two streaming packages with library content from Warner Media and eventually more content licensed from third parties. Why don't you just give one price and give it all, yeah. like Netflix does? Yeah, maybe that would work instead of this three-tiered bullshit. Hey, I have a better idea. Yeah. Why don't you follow the Voodoo rule? You know, have you seen Voodoo? Have you do you, have you downloaded or checked out Voodoo? I haven't really. No. Okay, Voodoo offers you the ability to rent the movie. They also offer free movies with ads. I can deal with that. Uh-huh. So I. How many ads are? How many ad It doesn't are, matter. Who gives a shit? Matters to me. Do you want it free or not? Not if they're gonna fucking hit me with an ad every ten minutes. Do you want it free or not? Not with ads, no. Okay, well then you're not. Then you're not the person for voodoo. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter what you want. They don't care. I know that. That that's exactly that's how everybody is. They don't care what we want. So they're gonna tell us what we want. No, they're not gonna tell us what we want because I'm not buying the service. They're not. I'm not. There's nothing there that I want. Says the guy who still has DirecTV. I still have DirecTV. I don't care about their service, but I have DirecTV mainly, mainly for a couple of channels. Yeah. It, I know. I got rid of mine because I got tired of being ripped off. So that's that's what that's all about. But the, the whole problem with, with this is, again, Voodoo has, has, the right, has the right idea. You can rent the movie. Yeah. You can put it in your queue or buy the movie and put it in your queue and keep it. Or you can watch it free. Not all movies, but you can watch them free. And there's a ton of movies. There's probably a thousand movies that you can watch. Movies and TV shows and whatnot. Yeah. And they do run. They they do run ads. Now I don't give a shit whether or not you like ads or not. But if you want it free, that's the that's the price you have to pay. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem. It's not a problem to run. And they only run like thirty second ads. It's like two two thirty second ads. Oh, well, it's like uh, with Hulu when they um. When you paid for their no ad service, um, you know, which is only like a couple, like extra three or four bucks a month, um, which I was fine with. Um, they had this one thing with, with certain shows like ABC, like with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'd have to watch a commercial at the start and at the end of the show. But it was like 30 seconds here and 30 seconds there. I, I don't have a problem with that shit, you know. It, it's just like, but when you're watching like, say, regular shit, like when you're watching El Ray or, or AMC or whatever, and there's a fucking commercial break every six to nine minutes. That's the shit I can't stand. So what? Just let if you know. You want it, if you want, if you don't want to pay for it, you got to pay for it somehow. And that's why. And, I, and I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you in the terms of it's annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. And what I'm disagreeing with you is 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 the lack of foresight. You don't want to pay for it. You got to pay for it somehow. 
that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, you know what? And there's just certain things I'll I'll just be patient with and just wait until I can watch it on on what something else. It's not ever going to come out unless they change their revenue service or they change their services. These these this these streaming services, you will have to buy the streaming services to watch this exclusive content. It will never come out. They're not even going to probably they probably won't release it on DVD because they're trying to control content. Yeah. Well, then they can kiss my ass. That's why I I haven't seen anything of Star Trek Discovery. Because if they want to do that shit and make me pay for CBS, all access or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. I'm good. No, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Just like with AMC. I Look, there's a lot of shows on AMC I like to watch, but I'm not going to pay for that extra shit. You know? Good. Uh, so Don't. Make, just, for that, 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 you're one of the few, and I'm one of them too. I'm not paying for extra shit. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay for content or extra subscription services or anything else like that. Yeah. You you want to be able to reach a wider audience instead of this niche bullshit? Then then create a secondary system where I can down or I can watch that on a DVR. Yeah. And and pay one price. Yeah. The cool thing about Netflix is that no matter what different services they provide, it's still you still get the same content no matter what. It just depends on if you want four TVs streaming at once or in your home or if you want high definition instead of single definite. That's it. It's not like... Standard. <laughs> yeah. They're not they're not limiting content. So, you know, I'm all for what Netflix does and, and Hulu's fine too, you know, because if you want to add that extra shit like, you know, live TV or whatever, you can if you want to. I, I just, I'm good. I'd rather wait. So as long as AMC is yeah, still... Yeah, but you're going to be waiting for, again... You're going. You're never going to see this content if you're planning on waiting for it. Well, so don't wait for it, unless they. And, and the chances of them putting it out on DVD are slim to none at this. Well, point. luckily the shit that I like to watch, like like the shows on AMC, luckily those still pop up on on um, on Netflix about a year later. So I can wait. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's. But I'm, I'm I'm talking about the actual streaming service stuff. Yeah. I mean, I got tired of... Because uh, Star Trek season... The Discovery season one is already done. Yeah, and season three just got approved, so... And and I haven't heard hide nor tear of of anything that comes... That, that's coming from them regarding DVD stuff. Yeah. It might be on there. I, I just don't... I don't know. I'm not interested, though. I'm not going to... I'm not going to play their game. You know, the, they're just... You know, hopefully people will eventually get smart enough to realize that, you know, hey, you shouldn't pay for this and then let CBS, you know, do what's smart or do what's right. But either they will or they won't. Who gives a shit? All right. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I mean, if you don't want it, don't get it, and and send a message to send a message to the providers that hey, this is unacceptable. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, you're a fan of Terry Gilliam because of uh, Monty Python and all that shit, right? Yep. So, and um, Baron Munchausen and, and Brazil. Metro- yeah, I was gonna say Metropolis. I dude, Metropolis. I tried. Um, I'm going to finish it, but I. I put on Brazil because it's on uh, Amazon while I was making dinner on Sunday. And I watched the first hour of it while I was doing a bunch of shit. And I, I have to restart it because um, halfway through it, you know, I wasn't paying full attention to it. And this movie's really goofy and you know weird and wacky and, and everything. And <laughs> when it was halfway over, I was like, what the fuck, dude? I, I, like, I, I, I thought the movie was almost over. And I was like, no, it's not even half over. Holy shit. So, um, but I... I I'm bringing it up because uh, Jonathan Price, who was the main character in the film, he's playing Don Quixote in this uh, new Terry Gilliam movie that um, that apparently Gilliam's been trying to make for like a quarter of a century, and uh, it's finally going to get released for like one night exclusive event uh, in April for uh, the man who killed uh, Don Quixote. 
it's uh, amazing when you see films that um, have been, you know, on the back burner for a long time, films that never got released because of legal issues or, or, you know, they never got finished or something like that. That one that, uh, that uh, Orson Welles was making, you know, the one in the wind, whatever the fuck it was called, the other side of the wind or something like that. That's on Netflix. Um, that's finally got finished and released and, and, and everything. And there's a documentary for that one as well. And the documentary is really, really good. So, um, and then as Mike's waving me on to get on with the fucking point. Um, so, <laughs> do you want to see the new trailer for uh, Don Quixote? No. Oh, you don't? Okay. I thought you'd have a you know big boner for that, man. No? The movie's been out for two years. Well, yeah, but we, you know, do you want to go see it when it comes out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because you seemed more excited about it a couple of years ago. I was excited for it a couple of years ago until I until I started reading about it, and it's a fucking di- creative disaster. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like a development hell clusterfuck. Yeah. At the 66th Berlin International Film Festival, Gilliam, in need of a minimum 16 million euros for the budget, which I don't understand why he didn't go to Kickstarter, was introduced to Portuguese producer Paulo Branco who promised that he would obtain the needed budget by September, a few weeks before they would start the 11-week-long shoot. Along uh, with the film having entered pre-production once again, Gilliam cast Palin as Quixote, Adam Driver as Grissoni, and Olga Kirilenko as the female lead. Driver would have been paid 610000 for the film, with Palin getting 285. Both of them took equitation lessons, the practice of horse riding. Why can't they just do that? Why couldn't they just say horse riding lessons? They want to be professional. For the film, shortly after being hired, Gilliam hired his daughter Amy as unit production manager. The new version will be set in modern day with Grissoni as a director shooting a commercial coming across a copy of his old student film, a retelling of the famous story, which leads him back to the little Spanish village where he shot it back in the days, only to get embroiled in a series of adventures and catastrophes. Tensions soon arose with Bronco wanting creative control over the project. However... And despite having been warned against working with Bronco, Gilliam believed that he had no other choice than to collaborate with him if he wanted Don Quixote to be filmed. Encouraged by Bronco's successful financing of David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis, similarly, Bronco felt that Gilliam had a deep hate towards producers. Before the 2016 Cannes Film Festival, Amazon withdrew from the project because of Bronco's reputation as producer, with Amazon representative Matthew Heinz sending a mail stating that, in regard of the interactions we had with Bronco, we do not wish to pursue further negotiations with him. Nevertheless, Gilliam stated during the festival that the film would start shooting. Uh, conflict escalated further when Bronco tried to pr- reduce the budget down from the pr- promised $16 million. He cut Palin's pay which deeply angered Palin when Gilliam wrote to Bronco to complain that Palin's unexpected salary cut felt like a slap in the face. Bronco answered that the film needed a true producer, referring to himself as the captain of the project. On the 29th of April 2016, Gilliam signed a deal where in exchange for producing the film, Bronco would earn, in addition to his own salary, uh, 750,000 euros. Gilliam would have been paid for writing and directing the film in addition to severing ties with several other production companies interested in the project. Bronco soon tried to reduce the salaries of other crew members, including the hairstylist, the assistant director, and Amy Gilliam. He also tried to push Palin away from the project, considering him too old to have his own sister hired as costume designer, to have filming move forward by several months, and to have set the film sh- have the film shot in digital instead of 35mm. Some of the film's other producers and his distributor stated that Bronco told Gilliam, either you make this film my way or you... Ir- irremediably compromise the feasibility of the project and your film is condemned, it will never see the light of day. 
Bronco did not provide the promised funds for the film. When Gillian complained, Bronco answered that he would not accept this kind of spoiled kid behavior. On August 6th, Bronco sent a mail to Gilliam, urging him to accept his conditions, including a reduced budget, and to give Bronco full creative control over the budget project, threatening to cancel the project altogether and fire their entire crew and cast. Gilliam answered that those demands were unacceptable and incompatible with the contract I have signed, while Amy called Bronco's actions the behavior of a tyrant and a bully. In response, Bronco officially suspended production. Gilliam kept on working with new producers, stating we should be here at Cannes next year with the finished film, and then you can ask me why I made such a mess of it or why I made such a wonderful film. And then it he makes the film, and then during filming in Portugal, Gilliam's team was accused of damaging public properties as well as a convent of Christ, a notable convent in uh, Tomar and a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The accusation came from a report by Portuguese news channels who stated that the crew had left chipped masonry, broken roof tiles, and uprooted trees at the 12th century convent. Blah, blah, blah. And then there was a legal dispute, and I know this is taking a little bit, but this has to be stated because this is why I don't really want to see the film if he's still producer. Paulo Bronco, um, a former producer, stated in June 2017 that this new version was illegal and that he, not Gilliam, owned the rights to the film and that as such any content shot for the film was property of Alfama Films, one of the film's former production companies. Bronco was producer on the film during Gilliam's previous attempts at making it and was a post to find funds for the film in exchange Gillian would give his salary as writer director to Bronco eventually Bronco did not provide the funds promised and suspended production uh, leading Gilliam to find other producers with whom he was able to make the film um, Bronco claimed that he still owned the rights and he was still owed Gilliam's salary despite not providing financial backing for the film according to Gilliam and the film's producers he asked to be paid a total of 3.5 million euro with 2 million before the release 1.5 million afterwards uh, considering that Bronco's failure to secure the funds nullified their deal, Gilliam tried to have the legal contract invalidated twice in 2017, once in Paris, once in London. Um, this is so he could use the salary, use the money from his salary to make the film. The court ruled in Bronco's favor both times. In 2017, Gilliam attempted once again to nullify the contract, but the court of first instance ruled against it. Bronco also accused Gilliam of having obtained the new funds for the film illegally, which Gilliam denied, claiming that HM Revenue and Customs was well aware of the nature of said funds. The current producers answered that Bronco's claims were preposterous and that he had no rights whatsoever to Don Quixote, recorded picture company CEO Peter Watson stated Senior Bronco's interpretation of the law borders on picaresque. If he really wants to kill the venerable Don, I suggest he takes up jousting. Gilliam himself stated that Bronco wallows in his dark, twisted madness, dreaming megalomaniac triumphs while spreading lies and threats, while Bronco stated that Gilliam was a mad and mythomaniac. <laughs> There's so many fucking words. Um, April 2018, Bronco claimed that he that the film could not be released without its permission, leading to the issue being debated in court. As a result, the premiere of the film was canceled, both Gilliam's lawyer and Ocean Films. The French distributor of the film stated that Bronco was actively trying to prevent the film from being included in festivals to pressure the producers into paying him so he, so the issue could be settled in time. Uh, with Ocean Films stating that Bronco was, was, never, is not, and never will be the producer. And uh, adding that the produ producers and distributors would not yield to his attempt at intimidation. They stated that Bronco had previously attempted to have filming canceled, but that his claim had been rejected by the court. The verdict was originally expected to be delivered May 15th, but was later delayed to the 18th, one day only before the possible release, where it was ultimately ruled that the film would be authorized to premiere at French cinemas. 
Bronco immediately stated that he would keep on pursuing legal action. Uh, Bronco was also trying to prevent the film from premiering at Cannes, with a hearing taking place on May 7th to decide whether or not the film would be authorized. On May 9th, it was announced that the film would be allowed to premiere at Cannes. Uh, the organizers answered Bronco's claims of stating the Festival de Cannes mission is to choose works purely on artistic grounds, and the selection must, above all, be with the agreement of the film's director. This is the case here. Past experiences made us aware of possible legal action and of the risks we were running, but as it happens, when we took our decision, there was no opposition to the screening of the film. They added, Our entire profession knows that forcing matters has always been Mr. Bronco's favorite method, and we should recall that he organized a press conference a few years ago where he denounced the Festival de Cannes because he had, it had not kept a promise to select one of his films. This was an accusation which didn't go anywhere because the festival did not make promises or does not make promises to select films. In 2018, um, June 2018, the Paris Court of Appeal ruled in favor of Bronco owning all the rights to the film. Bronco explained that he will seek damages from Gil not only from Gillian but all parties involved. I don't see how this is just, I mean, this is a clusterfuck. Yeah. The ruling means that the rights to the film belong to Alfama. Any exploitation of the film up till now has been completely illegal and without authorization. Uh, the film's producers... Kinology, all the others who supported the film, including those who distributed the film in France and the Cannes Film Festival, everyone. He said he found it astounding that all these parties had continued with the production and exploitation of the film without holding the rights. The film belongs in its entirety to Alfama. The film was made illegally. It's the first time I've ever seen so many people embark on a mission to produce and exploit a film without holding the rights. Later that month, <laughs> it was reported that although the court ruled in favor of Bronco, producer Mariella... Buzievsky, uh clarified that Gilliam, in fact, still retains the rights to the film, uh, saying that Bronco overstated his victory in the ruling. Gilliam never shot a frame of film under the deal with Bronco, and as such, the former producer does not own any rights. However, since Gilliam did a poor job of terminating his contract, there will be a financial settlement that will have to be made between the two parties, and the ex-producer has been using this to claim a right to the finished film. Buzievsky went on to say that the latest ruling does say that Gilliam owes 10,000 euro and there will probably be more money re required to settle. Uh, these financial issues don't affect the film's release, according to the producer. They choose to remain quiet about the actual major details because it didn't feel necessary, but when Bronco went public with his victory and claim rights to the film, they felt they had to step forward and air all the dirty laundry. The producer says they are making plans for European territories now and the U.S. distribution will be coming shortly. She says that there are many options in regards to U.S. distribution. Um, it premiered on 19 May 2018. Um, I'm not going to go into the Bronco. Here it is. Uh, critical response. Uh, the film holds an approval rating of 62% based on 34 reviews, average 5.7 out of 10. The man who killed Don Quixote may not live up to the long gestating expectations, but it bears enough to director Taylor Gilliam's signature creative stamp to satisfy fans. Uh, mixed or average reviews from Metacritic. Variety says uh, the film is a loud, belligerent, barely coherent mess. The result feels like the evidence of someone who spent too long obsessing over Quixote, losing sight somewhere along the way of whatever attracted him in the first place. Hmm. Simply doesn't live up to its storied legacy in the annals of Hollywood film development. Um, it's an awful lot of fun. Of course, the fun can be far from perfect. The film is messy and hysterical in places, and by running and exhausting 132 minutes, <coughs> and that's only two hours and 12 minutes, it rather insistently overstays its welcome. That's blah, exactly blah, blah. how long Brazil is. Um, long story short is, I don't know. I, I mean, 
it's coming out, but yeah, I don't um, know if I give a shit. Wednesday, April 10th, and there are showings. Uh, there's, there's only one showing at each theater, um, but there's uh, there's one in Roseville at 7 o'clock that day. So uh, depending on what comes out, because it's April, I, I think we've got a lot of shit coming out that time. Yep. But just in case it's there, if you do uh, end up getting a, a, boner. a little Jones or for there, yeah, to see that shit. So I, 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 I kind of... There's part of me that wants to see the disaster that it might be. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody likes to see a train wreck. Yeah. So, so I, I you know, I, I want it to be good. I like Jonathan Price and you know Adam Driver and whoever else is in that movie. But, uh, whatever. I guess we'll uh, we'll deal with it at the time. That's still two months away. So, <clears throat> actually, no shit. That's only a month and a half, or just over a month away. So. Month and ten days. Yeah. All Green right. Eggs and Ham on Netflix. <laughs> there was a teaser trailer for Green Eggs and Ham. Do we want to watch it? Well, you, Do you care? Are you are you a you're a Suster, aren't you? I'm a Susian, yes. <laughs> Season one, by the way. Damn. Drop the flavor hammer. That was Jack Black. Was it? Sounds like it. Sounds like the guy that does the pizza, Pizza Steve from uh, Uncle Grandpa. Drop the flavor hammer. That's a fucking quick ass teaser. Yeah, that oh. was all. Holy shit. <laughs> and then Motley Crue's The Dirt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this this movie is a disaster. I can tell you this right now. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you have read the book. Yeah. I remember for a while you had it sitting on your uh, coffee table. It's been a long time since I saw it, but I remember seeing it. There. It was that or the, uh, the Steven Tyler uh, biography. Probably Steven Tyler. But yeah. I have read the dirt. Steven Tyler PJs. I want to see it basically because of, of a guy that I know. So he's in it. Second, so that weekend, um, oh dude, Us comes out with Jordan Peele, that Jordan Peele movie. So, um, but yeah, you know we got a lot of shit. I mean, the next week after that, I got Dumbo. If you want to see the live action Dumbo, so Nikki Six, who is in his sixties, still has Nikki sixties, still has dark hair like he's in his twenties. Yeah, dresses like he's in his teens, uh-huh. and and. In some cases, he has no clue. Um, <laughs> Paul Marshall, this is, I, I was looking for this post. So, the world's most notorious band. Let's remember that. Yeah. They are not. There are bands out there that have done far, far worse. You're going to say, I know you're going to say Van Halen. No. There are bands out there that have done far, far worse than fucking Motley Crue. Like Gore? Like Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is the most notorious fucking band on the planet. Everything 
that they have done, everyone has tried to tr- tried to do yeah. and cannot replicate it. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. Yeah, some but of that's those a fucking story altogether. Some of those stories are fucking true. Yeah. So the stuff that you heard on Wayne's World, yeah. even though it's a joke, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt it. That shit comes from Led Zeppelin. I don't doubt it. So this is what Paul wrote. Without Kiss, this band wouldn't exist. Motley Crue were, were supremely successful, but I wouldn't exactly pull the originality card, Nikki. Your singer cop Michael Monroe of Hanoi Rock's entire visual. You borrowed more liberally from Johnny Thunders. Mick Mars resembles Alice Cooper in more than coincidental fashion. Your band doesn't hold the patent on mechanical arms in live arenas. Rob Halford did it on the Defenders of the Faith tour. Kiss had lifts in the 70s. You would be better served to pipe down and enjoy your retirement. There's nothing rebellious about a six-year-old with that hairpiece trying to throw ridicule at others. You have never presented the show that Kiss has. Never. That's why this, this movie is a disaster. When Paul, when Paul Marshall can break it down that simple, yeah, and he's he's amazing at, at his ability to um, uh, come up with facts about bands. Um, yeah, he, uh, him and Eddie Trunk, and who, uh, there's a couple of others, but it, I, I'm amazed at how much musical knowledge he has. Yeah, I mean he's been doing it forever, so I'm not really that amazed he, about yeah. it. Yeah. But the only reason why I want to see it is because the guy that sings for Motley Inc. His name is I think his name is Timmy Craven. I, I ha- may have his name wrong, but um, uh, he um, he's doing all the vocals for Vince Neil. Yeah, there it is, Motley Inc. Right there. Uh, yeah, the the cover band. And this is my buddy's my buddy's 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 band, uh, Joe and and. Timmy. And so he's doing the Vince Neil voices, uh, singing voices in the movie? Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so it's Joe, Timmy, uh, um, Lance, and Scotty. And they're good. They're really fucking good. Scotty does. And um, if you've ever seen them, here's just a taste. So they've got a fucking cool logo and everything. Well, I remember I saw the Atomic Punks with you. Yeah, same band, different singer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, maybe. Well, I mean, you know what? I think uh, the reason why uh, I think that to people that don't know the, all the intricate details of, of, of rock like you and Paul Marshall know um, mainstream, like fucking visually, I think it's a lot of people assume that they, they buy into the hype about Molly Crew being the most wild band ever. Right. And so they're just milking that for all they can, you know, to live off that perception. Most people don't give a shit whether they're the most wild band ever. <laughs> I've never heard anybody fucking just sit there and say, these guys are the most wild band ever. <laughs> Seriously. I've I've never heard anybody say that about any band except for Ozzy. Like, he's fucking crazy. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I've heard plenty of the Ozzy shit. <laughs> oh, fucking King of Darkness. You got fucking balloons and bubbles over here. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, here's that, I believe this is. <laughs> yep, this is them right here.
it here, Timmy. <laughs> this guy's fucking phenomenal. Better than the garage band, I'll tell you that. Dude's fucking phenomenal. He's what a killer fucking voice. Yeah, definitely. So, do you um, you think that uh, Motley Crue is one of the most overrated '80s rock bands? Fuck no. Why would you? Why would it? I'm just I'm trying to understand. You know. No. Why would I? Why, why would you even ask that? <laughs> no, they're they're they they're good. They're really good. I like Motley Crue. Overrated. There's a lot of overrated. Or you think they're just bands. blown up too big? Or no, they deserved everything they got. Every band that made it big out of that fucking era deserved what they got because they they had the drive and the skill and the you know the musicianship and and yeah. they they worked hard on doing what they did. It was it was it was the other bands look like Poison. Yeah, Poison I and Molly. I always see po- Poison and Molly Crew like right next to each other. I kind of think Poison was the lucky one out of that whole thing. Like, you know. Their their music was meh. They're not they're not. I mean, they're good musicians and stuff, but it's meh. It's there's nothing special about it. Like when you turn on a Motley Crue song, it's it's got fucking drive. It just fucking rocks. You turn on an Ozzy song, same thing. You know, it's it's there's something about that music. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and depending on whoever your favorite band is, whether it's fucking overkill or megadeth or motley Crue or metallica or van halen or this or that or the other thing right yeah same difference (coughs) the good bands always rise to the top the mediocre bands stay right in the middle you know cheap trick Mm -hmm. is not i'm not saying that cheap trick is a great band okay they but for some reason they weren't able to really just fucking like in the 80s and stuff like that yeah they did but for some reason they just kind of fell back down for one reason or another. But they're a much better band than Poison. They're a much better band than half the bands that are out there. You know, they're 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 top tier band. Mm-hmm. They should be headlining, technically, you know. But no, you, then they have to go on they have to go on a bill with fucking Journey and <laughs> and Def Leppard and Poison and, and they're the opening act. Like, really? Yeah, they're being treated like they're great white. No. No, they're not doing clubs. So and Great White's a fucking Great White's a better band than Poison, a much better band. The whole the whole fucking schmo about Great White is, again, it's, there were so many of these bands that are out 
and they're still around. Yeah. Um, Mark Kendall is a fucking phenomenal guitarist. The Dirt, regardless. Um, the reason why I want to see it is because of Timmy singing in it and stuff like that. And, you know, who knows who else is in the movie uh, that we may know or I know or whoever. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if I want to see Us. I keep seeing the trailers for it, and I think I, I felt the same way about Get Out, though. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm i going to keep giving the guy a shot, I mean, until, you know, he disappoints. Of course, I think he was he a co-writer on on Keanu. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, Jordan Peele's really good. I mean, Keanu is as shitty a movie as it was. It, it, it's just a skit. It was yeah, a Keanu Peele skit. It was a yeah. Keanu Peele. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said it. All right, moving on. So, our YouTube fan film of the week. Yes, you found a good one, man. Uh, you know what? I, I I don't know how. I just typed in fan film, and the first thing that came up was Moon Knight. <laughs> So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Moon Knight. Let's see. There it is. Um, Dude, the effort that, that that's that some of these fan films are, are done yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark Spector is a man who's been shattered into four separate identities who come together to become the hooded crusader of vengeance, the Moon Knight. Uh, Stephen Grant, intrepid millionaire uh, stockbroker, taking down organized crime from the top of the ladder. Jake Lockley, late-night taxi driver who listens to the chatter of guilty as means of gathering intel. Mark Spector, retired mercenary and seeking revenge. And Moon Knight, a mask-donning punisher of the night. Caden uh, Butera, the writer and director of the film, says, I, along with all the other Moon Knight fans out there, have been dying for the character to get his debut on the big screen, which won't happen. He's he's not a major character. Yeah. Um, but the one-offs and stuff like that, yeah. they can do. He's such an awesome and complex character. I hope one day he'll hit the limelight of the MCU. Uh, Butera, along with a skeleton crew of passionate fans of the character, came together to make this film for existing fans of Moon Knight and to hopefully spark new ones. Um, this is a fan film and is neither endorsed nor affiliated by Marvel Comics or Marvel Studios. All names and references are copyright and trademark for their respective owners. Moon Knight is a non-profit fan film made for fans by fans. Hey, what if uh, because of how well this guy put the effort into this that, you know, if uh, Marvel was ever interested in doing some kind of a TV show or just having the character in there, maybe they'll have this guy get involved with it. Weirder things have happened. Yeah. Um, with with this, I, I, look, I'm not a fan. Of, I've never been a fan of Moon Knight. He's basically Marvel's D-grade <laughs> Batman. Batman. He's Night Owl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's you know he's a fucking he's an intrepid billionaire stockbroker or millionaire. He's stock got a broker. cool look. I remember uh, seeing his look pop up every once in a while, you know. But yeah, I, oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, anything yeah. about him. Yeah, and it's just, um, I, I like I said, I've I've never been a fan of of M- Moon Knight. Did you notice his mask in this film um, reminded me of just a blue lighted Iron Man mask? Yeah, it's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the. I, Going into the movie, we're going to do that. Going into the movie, um, the way that the, I mean, the acting was fantastic. Not fucking bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, Except the, for people that smoked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a minor it's so point. obvious when you could sell, sell when people that, that they, they're not smokers or not. Yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People, or, you know, they're, or they're, they're temporary smokers, you know. Yeah. Part-time or whatever. Um, when it comes right down to it, people... Who cares? Uh, I like the part where the guy is loading the boxes, you know, the goon, and it, it just rattles a couple dishes or something in there that's in, in the box. 
and it's loud, but it's not super loud. And the guy and the guy yells at him, goes, "Quiet down! You're making too much noise!" <laughs> and the guy's yelling way louder than the noises that the goon made. Yeah, it, w- it would have served better to have it done like during the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, where they were where they were loading this truck up with stolen goods or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and well, trying that, it, to be quiet but, about it. But it's called Moon Night. Again, it would have been <laughs> better because it was raining. Yeah, but. And you know what? I mean, the the uh, the the choreography on the action it was well edited, well cut. Yeah, you know, I had a problem with that whole fight scene, though. I mean, it was I mean, it was super fucking violent. It was violent, but I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with the violence. I had a problem with it. It was like watching. It was like watching Family Guy mm-hmm. when they're practice when they're play fighting, yeah. you know, or not practice, you know, yeah. when they're trying to fight and they're doing it in like a super slow motion, yeah, you know, and and they're like like when you're playing with your friends and you're and you're playing fight or kung fu or whatever, and you you think that you're moving ultra fast <laughs> or whatever, and yeah. then <laughs> you fucking. Um, it's just all slow motion so you don't kick each other in the head or whatever, right? Yeah. That's that's part of the feeling I got with that entire fight sequence. Uh-huh. You know, and you know, like the reason why I wear white gloves is because blood doesn't stain dark. It was like the opposite of Deadpool, right? Yeah. But so it, bad guys can't see me bleed. Yeah. And, you know, he still did the superhero crouch jump. Yeah. Um for the most, I mean, like I said, these are minor, minor quibbles. Uh-huh. Uh, the whole fucking thing was well done. I mean, when you have when, when you have two guys that are in an elevator doing this this acting thing, you're waiting for the stilted, you know, pa- the the pregnant pauses, the the useless pauses. Yeah, you're like, hey, Bob, how you going? Uh, going good. <laughs> you know. Instead of just a natural, hey, how you got? It? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, you know. And and they're having a fucking conversation. Yeah, you know, and and then you know he goes from from him being you know a stockbroker to the cab driver, and then the flashback to his girlfriend or wife who died. Yeah, you know, and I mean you didn't really have a lot of backstory here, but you didn't really need a lot of backstory because get the gist. Yeah, and then he then is fractured. The, the The best part about this entire thing was the sequence right here in the middle because I'm I'm rolling through. When he's the, doing uh, the schizo thing, the multiple personality thing. Yeah, yeah. As he's you know he's looking from left to right and right to left. Yeah, you know, and then it f- keeps flashing to the moon night and 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 then and then the fight scene. Right. Um, like I said, the only awkward thing about this whole movie was was that fight scene. It just it felt lumbering and it it wasn't Daredevil. It wasn't it was fluid. It was like one third the speed of Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. I do fluid. like it though when he grabbed the uh, axe and cut the dude's leg off in one little swipe. That was Yeah. I I just I eh. could I, I mean, it's just I I don't see when and when it comes to that stuff, I think they're just doing it to be overly gratuitous. Yeah. You don't need that. I mean, just show the guy getting his throat cut. You know, you know, and and he's doing it for revenge and yada yada yada. And when, you know, I get it. I just do less is more. Okay. You know, in my opinion, you don't need to. You know, and and the the other argument to that whole thing is, and we're going to get into this with how to train your dragon, right? Yeah. Which is they they bring weapons into the fight, but they kick and punch people and knock them off boats and whatever else. Yeah. You know, in some cases you, they do die because you get they get eaten by a dragon or whatever, right? Yeah. But that's that's the other side. I mean, you have two two extremes. Yeah. 
complete fucking you know gore and 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 destruction or wussing out. Yeah. So kid gloves. Yeah, and, and there's there's kind of no middle ground, you know. Yeah. The Xena fight or the hostile fight, right? You know, or Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, less is more. I mean, you could still show the violence and and whatever else and, and pummeled to death and shit like that. But uh, it, it, was it any more violent than Punisher? No, I've seen way worse on Punisher. Yeah. But also seen better, better, you know. Fight. Fighting, you know, fluid fighting and stuff like that—that that felt realistic, you know. Yeah, and I, and that's and that's like I said, that's the only bitch. It's it's you give it a thumbs up, boop. Definitely, I already yeah on my uh, phone on my YouTube account, I gave it a thumbs up as well. And you know, a, a, a kudos. Want to see more? Uh, Want to see what does uh, what else this guy can do? Yeah, this just got released a month ago. And uh, yeah, I I totally stumbled across it and the <laughs> delivery squad. I'll have to check that out. Um, we're gonna we're gonna check out a, a couple of his other things here and and see what we can do, but I totally stumbled across this Moon Knight film when I was looking up and uh, based off the picture alone, I'm like, fuck, I'll go, I'll watch that. Yeah, it's like buying wine. <laughs> All right. I always give it one chance, and we both give it a thumbs up. Yes, definitely, definitely. And then uh, if you do watch it, stay through the end credits. Uh, a little uh, quickie teaser there uh-huh. for a future villain. Yeah. So yeah, uh, good job. Definitely good job, and uh, I, you know what? It's cool to see these guys do this shit. So, um, all right. Uh, I saw a trailer for uh, this new movie called Dragged Across Concrete, which is directed by the guy who made um, he made uh, Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Subblock Ninety Nine. Okay. And I both movies are goddamn super mega violent. You already saw clips from Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Bone Tomahawk is not a movie that I care to watch. My it brother is, watched it. Yeah. It's a very good movie. Um it's but it's it's very it's not one of those films that I think you'd want to watch very often. I you know, I Yeah. So, but um the guy's style though, uh, especially with Subblock and uh, Brawl and Subblock 99 with Vince Vaughn has this 70s kind of style to it and like with the music and 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 the camera angles and stuff like that. And you can tell with Dragged Across Concrete, um, same thing, same kind of similar style in this trailer that we're about to watch. A single red ant could have eaten it faster. <laughs> You're losing perspective and compassion. There's a reason. I'm sitting behind this desk running things, and you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens, and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. There's a lot of imbeciles out there.
why do I get the feeling that this dude that has done Bone Tomahawk and uh, Cell Block yeah. is a big fan of John Carpenter and 1970s fucking gritty yeah. police dramas. Oh, and absolutely. Whatnot. If uh, we ever get around to, you know, like Joe suggests to you, you know, like when have you watched movies I suggest, I'll bring my copy of Cell Block 99 because I bought it because it was fucking excellent film. Um, Let me see this one first and yeah. then we'll just determine whether yeah vince vaughn and jennifer carpenter are, and don johnson are all three of them they were in cell block 99 right as well um and uh there's Louis if you notice real quickly udo kier shows up in the film as well yep you know udo kier is always that fucking creepy guy and everything he's in you know Got yeah he was um what the fuck was he in he was um he was in end of days he was yeah. in johnny mnemonic yep. um he was in blade he's the one that gets killed by steven dorf and yeah, 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 put yeah, in the yeah, sun yeah, yeah. Um, God damn it! He was in a. Uh, Enough. Oh, he, he's in a. He's yeah. in a ton of shit. Yeah, and yeah. Like most of the time, he plays an unsavory kind of guy. Yeah, you know. But, but he he was also in a movie that we played. He was like in a comedy, and I can't remember what the fuck yeah, it was. No, um, I he was also in a corn video. Yeah, you know, uh, make me bad. I think was the name of the song. Um, but yeah, yeah Udo Kier is definitely an, an interesting c- character. All right, so yeah, I'm definitely on board to see that movie when it comes out. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Ooh. It'll probably be lim- limited release, just like with Cell Block 99. Yeah, he was in Ace Ventura. Oh, shit. Okay. He, he played uh, the, the guy that was hosting the party. Yes. <laughs> Do not go in there. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then the teaser trailer came out for, or I'm sorry, the teaser trailer announcement, teaser, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, for uh, the long-awaited Irishman. Yeah. That's it. Martin Scorsese. All right. To meet you. Batman. I heard you paint houses. Yes, I do. Do you want to know what's so odd about that? I heard you paint houses thing. I swear to God, the first time I ever heard that was on a show I just started watching on on um, Amazon called uh, Sneaky Pete with the uh, uh, oh god damn it! I know his fucking name. He was in Boiler Room. Uh, shit, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi. I was like a Geo something. Yeah, um, and they they just got mentioned like yesterday or the day before in an episode. I, I need a guy who paints houses. <laughs> And it's you know it's a hitman I you right. know and it's just funny that and I fucking hear it on this shit or this trailer. It's yeah. Weird. There's a no. There's another trailer coming out from, or another show coming out from Netflix. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, there we go. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Hopefully, it doesn't have vampires in it. It may. I know playing trailers over a fucking audio <laughs> medium is not really helpful, but oh. there's a lot of fucking. And it, it's okay. I've had enough. Holy fuck, dude! Yeah, that was worse than watching Lego Movie Two. So, uh, sentient dairy products, werewolf spiders, robots gone wild, garbage monsters, cyborg bounty hunters, uh, alien spiders. I'm sorry. It's presented by Tim Miller and David Fincher. Bloodthirsty Demons from Hell all converge in 18 NSFW animated stories. Um, 
It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Basically, if you've ever seen something called Robot Carnival, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's kind of similar to that. It's just it's, it's just a bunch of stories. So, ooh, what did Darth Vader do after the Death Star was destroyed? <laughs> I don't care. He's he he farted in his uniform. <laughs> Blue home. <laughs> All right. Now you know what I. I it's a that's a shitty trailer because it's just way too fucking insane. I I I kind of get the purpose of doing it that way, but you know, goddamn. Hopefully that when you see these eighteen separate stories, it's it's more uh, controlled. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, new Shaz- uh, Shazam trailer came out. Right. What? What? What the fuck? What? I'm. Doing, oh, you made it look like you were gonna. All right, so our main uh, feature for today is the uh, our review for How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Way to, way to amp it up. That's I know. There we go. Make it all exciting. You know what? With every How to Train Your Dragon film, I don't really want to go see it. And then I go see it, and I'm like, it was good, I, especially the first one. The first one was great. The second one, I can't remember shit about it, but I remember it was good. And then uh, this one, I think I like this one better than the second one. Uh, and How would you know? <laughs> I know I didn't hate the second one. I, I I think the only thing I hated was him killing off Gerard Butler's character. Um, but he found his mom. Yeah, it was like you know the mom finds the husband. You know, right then, right after they they meet each other again for the first time in like the last twenty years or whatever, he fucking dies right afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's great. But whatever, whatever. Um, it, it's a cartoon. So it gives a shit. Right. But uh, no, this one this one's got some redeemable qualities to it. Besides the fact the animation is just crisp as shit, is the um, there are some sequences that are just I could have I could have watched an entire film of just them like uh, when Toothless flying around with the uh, to- the white Toothless <laughs> with the female Toothless. Eh? Um, just yeah, you even said that you think that uh, some of that might have been live action filming because it just looked way too realistic for the like the clouds and everything. Right. They were flying through, but uh, well, he, no. When he was flying by himself, searching for her, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. It felt like that they did some um, background plates, for, you know, helicopter or jet or whatever they're doing. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, you know, remember there was the, the trick was getting hair to look right, right, and then water getting moving water to look right and stuff. So maybe they're they're they've gone to that point where they can do it with clouds now and shit too no, with jet that streams. Was, that was not that was not animation. I'll, look, I don't know. So. But um, regardless, it it looked amazing, and uh, here's the problem I got with the movie is that it just I don't the characters I most of the characters felt like they they were just there just to be there and and there was no real true development with them you know they've been they they've been in every film but there's like they're just there to how how do you develop from one to the next film when it's only it only seems like a, f- a year or two or three years has gone by. Yeah, I think it, they said it's been a year since the uh, the, the previous film. So there, there is no need for further development of characters when a year has gone by because it's still basically the same story. It just, they felt, I don't know, most of the characters felt unnecessary to the film. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I like, okay, like the, the sister, you know, like, yeah, yeah the, the, the brother who pr- pretends he's got a beard with his fucking... Right with his, with his, you know, and it—that's funny. It was pretty funny. I mean, the the joke ran a little too long with it, but that was funny. But his sister was hilarious because when she kept rambling in the cage scene and shit like that, you know. And I like the villain played by Abraham um, F. Murray. F. Murray Abraham. Um, 
you know, he he reminded me of a uh, of a uh, like a, a version of Hades for that James Woods played in uh, Hercules, the way he looked, appearance wise. Right. Uh, but he he was a decent villain for for the most part. He didn't take over any of the scenes too much or anything like that, and they didn't delve into his backstory or anything. And, and you know what? They didn't need to. And so it was. I think they handled the villain just fine. You know, but but overall, I I don't know. It just uh, the 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 big ending, the big ending with the whole oh well, we're just not we're just not evolved enough to be able to live with dragons, so we're just gonna take them to this big fucking hole in the ground, and they're gonna go live their lives to keep them all safe. It, I don't know. It just it felt like they were trying to do like some kind of morality thing at the end, you know? Yeah, and that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, and it, it it's like why it's a fucking cartoon. Just you know, why can't they be happy with their dragons? They were all fucking happy at the end of the first one and throughout the whole second one. So why can't they be happy together? At, you know, when it's all said and done. So you didn't get the plot of the whole thing, which is people are going to continue hunting dragons and yeah. killing them. So we have to protect them. Yeah, I, I, I got it. I, I got it. It just, I don't know. It kind of felt unnecessary to do it that way. You know, I, I don't know. Like they're trying to make some kind of statement or something. You know, so. But um, otherwise, I mean. <laughs> It was like I said. I know we're gonna see in the movie, but I if I never see this one again, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know. Um, I I think uh, one one thing we noticed a lot was that T.J. Miller, you know, wasn't there doing the voice for the guy that he did the voice for normally. Yeah, you know, because T.J. Miller just keeps shitting on his career, <laughs> one way or another. You know, so uh, they had a guy named uh, Justin Rubble who replaced him, and uh, you know, for the most part, he sounded like you know he did a good job sounding similar to him. You know. Uh, what say you, Mike? <laughs> you keep reading about the movie. Huh? Yeah. Um, well, here, I mean, yeah, uh, the Blois, the Blah, the, whatever. The Blois. Revealed that Miller did initially return to voice Tough Nut, but DreamWorks recast him after the actor's sexual assault allegations and arrest for calling in a fake bomb threat. So you did hear him at the beginning of the movie, but after that, his voice changed, and it was very obvious. Blanchett also reprised her role. Kit Harrington will replies as Eric F. Murray. Uh, during the early stages of production, Dubois stated that Jimon or Diamond Hansu would return as Drago. It was even planned to have Drago re- redeemed by the film's end, but halfway through development, Spielberg convinced Dubois to uh, cut the story because the redemption required more screen time that they could not provide, causing his inclusion to be scrapped. Hmm. So. That would have been interesting. I uh, I don't know what to think about this film. I mean, you look, what was odd about it is, like, did, did the people talking bother you? I only noticed every once in a while, but the way the sound was in that theater, it seemed to cover up a lot of people's talking. Yeah. It just... There was a... Because I remember at the beginning of the film, there was someone that just kept fucking yapping, and then someone went, shh, yeah. really loud. And then he shut up for a while. But it was hard to tell sometimes because of the way the sound was in there. If there were people talking over there or if I'm just hearing background shit from the movie. No, there were people talking. Uh-huh. That's that's why I, I, I you looked annoyed sometimes. Yeah, there's like, you know, I I'm I gotta find a way to get a grip on this, but I'm the older I'm getting, the more fucking annoyed I'm getting at everything people are doing in theaters now. Okay. I, I just said here's the way to get over that. What? You are in a public place. Yeah. It's in it's <laughs> If it gets too annoying, you can always move or go say something. Yeah. But for the most part. Yeah. And I, it's just like how like with kids in a movie theater, right? Right. You got to accept the fact that they're fucking kids, right? Yeah. So I, 
for the most part, I find a way to get past it. It's just when people just, how the fuck do you keep talking during a movie? I, how do you do that? I, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's, I know it's kind of a rhetorical question because it, it's like, is there really an answer? People are just assholes. I, yeah. You know, but yeah, that that's it. That's it. No matter what, it's just like if you're a celebrity. If you're a celebrity, you got to expect the fact that people are gonna fuck with you. You know, and people are gonna intrude into your life. That's just it goes with it. In a sense, yeah. You know, you go to out in public, you, you're gonna have to deal with people that don't see things the way you see it. They're not gonna be as respectful as you, or more respectful. It, so, yeah, I just have to take that shit into account. You know, and you know, sometimes you just have to suck it up, and you know, and it seems like almost every week I have to suck it up. <laughs> But whatever. It there's been way worse than that. So I still dude, I still remember that fucking lady with the Coke nose. Remember that during that goddamn movie we were watching? I think it was Child Forty Four. And she just kept on because she had uh you said she had a like a like the, the hole in her nose from doing too much Coke over the That's years. That's what it sounded like. Oh my god, dude. Holy <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sound like an air pressure valve release when someone's running racing their WX down the street. Right. Um so yeah. Anyway, um, I with this movie, I, I give this movie a five, pretty much. You know, I, I like all the, t- the you know the toothless shit, and I like the stoic. The, they found a way to do flashbacks with you know stoic, you know Gerard Butler's character to show him, you know, and stuff. Even though they kind of made it seem like he, him too nice when it came to dragons when he was doing the flashbacks. Even though at that time when 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 Hiccup was a little kid, his father fucking hated dragons. You know, he was a, a dragon murderer. He was, you know, that's what he did. Right. And so him acting like, oh, well, we just need to find a place to keep the dragons and the humans separate from each so they'll quit killing each other. That's, dude, he, well, he No, never, he was trying to kill the dragons. Well, it, and he, he was trying to enslave them. That's what he was doing. He wasn't trying to put them in the fucking hole. That was what that was what the other guys were doing. I, I know, but it just seemed like in the, the flashback scenes when, when Stoic was talking about it, it seemed like he he cared more about just separating humans and dragons instead of hunting them down. That's what it seemed like in the in the flashbacks. So it felt kind of contradictory to his character from when he okay. was. Okay, uh, right. That's what I mean. So, but it, regardless, it, you know what? Um, I I there the movie like I said has a lot of redeemable qualities. I think it's worth taking the kids to go see. It's definitely better than a Lego movie that just came out. You yes, know? it's much better. I mean, the 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 scenes, the animation is just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. Look at this guy's fucking resume. Look at all these, all the shit that he's been in. Don't care, and yet he's just shit talking. So what, whatever. Fuck he, you. He doesn't. Know. He doesn't care. It's it, <laughs> he, he, again. You know what you do outside of your job shouldn't reflect what you do inside of your job, except for I mean, with few exceptions, yeah. like rape and sexual harassment, and or bomb being threats, a bully and bomb threats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and too much fun at college. Yeah. So. Um, no, well, I, I mean, I I agree with part of his statement, which is the person that had accused him, like one person. I was reading through it just to see if there were other people, mm. but the one person that accused him of sexual assault, you know, she, the story is is that she was asked to leave the the comedy troupe because she was sec she was aggressive with people, yeah, uh, sexually, by the way, and 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 as TJ said, you know, now. Now that there's a a forum for this, she's jumping on the bandwagon and lobbing accusations at people. Me too. Exactly. <laughs> and you know that's that's why we stopped doing compelled with the me too shit because until the whole story comes out. But again, I mean, he fucking did a bomb threat for Anthrax or Anthrax for Amtrak and a couple of other things, and he's 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 got issues. 
<laughs> You're flushing your life down the toilet. You know, but <laughs> again, I mean, uh, I'm all for second chances as long if if you fix whatever your problem is and you come out the other side of it as, you know, a person that, you know, we want to see, then they'll accept you back. Yeah. If you if you ignore everything and continually play the blame game, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> what's going to happen? Hey, look at Mel Gibson. Right? Yeah. <laughs> After all the shit he's done. Yeah, he stopped blaming people, got his shit under control. Yeah. And, 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 and then he know. gets nominated for an Oscar. Yep. So. So, it, it, and like I said, the second chances are for everybody. But if you blow that second chance, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> you shouldn't, you, you know, go find something else to do. There was an interview Kevin with uh, John Bernthal on a podcast, and uh, he talked about um, meeting Kevin Spacey when he did Baby Driver. Right. And he said that he had these expectations because the guy's such a great actor. And he said that everything about Kevin Spacey rubbed him the wrong way. He yeah. said the guy was a fucking asshole. He was just, he was in, he had to control everything on the set. And he said he was extremely disappointed after yeah. meeting him. You want to read something sobering, read Mandy Patinkin and his basic apology letter to people that he's worked with. Yeah. It's amazing. He's like, I worked all these years, you know, from Princess Pride and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, nobody wanted to work with me. Yeah. And I and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then they're like, this is the reason why, because you're a fucking dick. Yeah. And he's like, really? I treated people like that? He's like, and they're like, yes, you treated everybody yeah. like they were just beneath you because you're, you're an actor. Yeah. Right? And he's like, holy shit, you're right, you know? That's good that he noticed it. He finally realized it. I, some people, they their heads are so far up their own asses, they never, they never realize it. Yep. So. so good for him, man, because Manny Patinkin's an awesome actor to watch. Right. Yeah, he's he's really good, but, you know. Yeah, I wonder how much more good shit we could have saw him in. Up fucking alienation, right? I loved him as uh, San Francisco in that. <laughs> so, all right. Now are we going to talk about Shazam? Maybe. Is it? Do you find it? You are always going to be rejected. Do you find it odd or is it on purpose that Shazam. Why do you fucking ask these questions when I'm running the goddamn trailer? Well, that wasn't the trailer. That Why was... do you, uh, you... The trailer is running, and there's a countdown from 4, 3, 2, 1, and you ask these complicated questions right before the goddamn trailer starts. Uh, this one might not be too complicated, but all right. Oh, fine. Ask your question. Do you find it like... Did they plan this this way or not to have Shazam and Captain Marvel come out in the same fucking year, a, a month apart from each other? Probably. What do you think? I know, yeah. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Superhero. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Lair. Yes. If you have a location like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing, overlooking some water, overlooking some water, splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Experience it in IMAX. You run from Foster. It's like Hancock with a cape. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, I'm not predicting anything right yeah. now. Call me an asshole one more time. It, it's either going to be. It's either going to be the most insanely cool fucking DC film uh -huh. or just meh. Or just Warner Brothers DC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, they uh, announced the Aquaman sequel is going to come out in December of 2022. And? Which I, I 
fucking weird that they're going to take four years to do that when the movie was made a billion. You think they would have kind of gotten a little quicker on that? But oh, I don't know. Maybe they have to uh, hire a director. Deal with Jason Momoa's, you know, fucking future films that he's making out until whenever. Things like that, you know, because you have to you have to deal with that. Well, have you ever thought of Warner Brothers lately planning anything out properly? (laughs) They have to do they still have to do that. That's that's just like you saw quickly. They rushed fucking Suicide Squad out there. That's a fucking dumb, silly statement. You're a dumb, silly statement. I'm going to just start throwing (laughs) shit back at you every time you do that to me. I'm just saying, no, you I know you are. What am I? Okay, 12 year old. (laughs) I mean, really, I had. <laughs> I don't think Warner Bros. does that because they don't know what they're doing. Well, obviously, they know what they're doing. Kind of, it's yeah. just a- absolutely know what they're doing. It doesn't. I mean, that just doesn't. They they have to they have to deal with the fucking. There we go. <laughs> like, there's no detail on this shit at all. Yeah. Oh, and this is an exclusive <clears throat> from Hollywood Reporter. It's exclusive. Exclusive. That's right. right. I said it like in a drunk way. Exclusive. <laughs> crazy drunk driver. Yeah, I don't even like the new Viewmaster. Like the, this one is cool, but the new one where you, it looks like a VR goggle. <laughs> I like how the well, the, the whole top's got you know it's clear so that the sunlight can go through there. That's good. That's good. That's the whole top is clear and it looks retarded. <laughs> uh, MGM and Mattel are partnering up to develop a live action feature film based on the Viewmaster toy line. How the fuck do you make that into a movie? I don't know. Like when they announced that they, when Hasbro announced they they were going to do a Battleship movie, I was like, "What the fuck are you going to do?" But I, I could at least picture something, okay, with Battleship. But with a Viewmaster, what the fuck are you going to do? Are you going to turn into some new VR experience or something? Viewmaster, okay, this is so. Since the forties, Viewmaster has inspired wonder and joy in children of all ages, creating huge opportunities for storytelling. Well, basically, they're just taking the story of whatever they're, yeah, know, and then you get to see the pictures. Yeah, ka-chink, ka-chink. Black Cauldron, Alice in Wonderland. MGM Pictures has tremendous expertise and a proven track record in capturing audiences' imagination through film, and we're proud to be partnering with them to bring another Marvel franchise. Sorry, Marvel. (laughs) Another Mattel franchise to theaters. I should read this in Zap Brannigan, but I was told I can't do Zap Brannigan anymore. This marks. I can't do Zap Brannigan right now. Kiff, bring me another beer. I don't have I don't have Billy West voice, so it's good. It's it's an octave lower. It feels like it's an octave lower. This kiff. This marks another important milestone as we transform Mattel into an IP. Oh, I should do it as as ever again. Into an IP-driven, high-performing toy company. <laughs> Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. <sighs> It's one of those things you have to just practice a shitload. Keep listening to him and and, and mimicking him and, and over and over and over again. I think Viewmaster was the first device that allowed families all over the world to escape their reality. Yeah, I gotta practice it. And take them places they would never thought that they could go, Kiff. We could be more excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we couldn't be more excited. Is no. that right, Kiff? Uh, yeah, dude. This uh, yeah, is there, there's uh, there's there's nothing here. It's just all it's just all ass kissing and slobber uh, okay. slobber knobbing. Okay, knob slobbing. So if you were asked to 
come up with a concept idea for a Viewmaster film, what would you do? I don't know, dude. I mean, seriously, I this, this is something that is like, let's take this idea, Kif, yeah, and run with it. We're making Pog the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Fifty-two pickup. <laughs> I gotta even make them. My pet rock, Tinker Toys. <laughs> oh God, damn it! So, uh, Lincoln uh, Logs. The only thing I could think of as a concept for a Did Viewmaster you like film, Lincoln Logs, Kiff, is it would be something like Ready Player One, where you put on the the Viewmaster and it takes you to other worlds. No. I I, I, I can't think. I mean, what else could they do? I I don't fucking know. Like Toy Story. Mm -hmm. They already did one, but they already have Viewmaster and Toy Story because they were using them as goggles and clicking them through. (gasps) Oh, my God. Like, I mean, I I, I can only see it. I can only see a Viewmaster being used as... As a what do you call it? As as something uh, a template to to like get you f- to start it on something. So like yeah, my, the, that would be my guess is they're gonna do something like Tomorrowland. Yeah, you know? or like where you put it on and all of a sudden it puts you take, in another world. Take or something. me to another world, Kif. Yeah. <laughs> Bring my velour. <laughs> oh yeah. God, I wish I could do a bender voice right now. <laughs> Bite my shiny metal ass. Bite my shiny metal ass. Oh. <laughs> You sound like fucking uh, the, the dude from Bob's Burgers. Oh, play oh. my shiny little ass, Bob. <laughs> yes, eh? Hey, Bobby. <laughs> God, I love that. that. That's a fucking great voice. Yeah, like, you, you got to make it like sound like your cheeks are fat, you know? Yeah. Like Bright you, my shiny little ass, Bob. Like I, you can, I can't do it. You can actually hear people that are overweight sometimes because you can hear that their throat is like constricted when they talk. You know, when they talk Snoo- like, oh, Snoo- God, I want all the ham. Right, and yeah, it's uh, that that guy looks like a douche. <gasps> mm. Mm. Welcome to my humble chamber, or as I call it, the love nasium. The love nasium. Sham Pagni. I didn't realize you were such a coin a sewer. <laughs> well, I have studied abroad, or, or two. two. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, uh, if we could uh, speak seriously for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like your style. I, like I find your it style. very erotic. erotic. What? Erotic. 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 You look like a woman who enjoys the finer things. Come over here and feel my velour bedspread. Velour bedspread. I'm not really in the mood. Lila, it's real velour. Just let yourself go. It almost sounded like it wasn't Katie Seagal To making love at women Presenting Zap Brannigan's Guide to Making Love at a Woman When making love at a woman There are ten things to keep in mind Number one If a woman has only one eye Her lack of depth perception May with any luck prevent her From noticing certain anatomical Shortcomings Number two, if, on the other hand, a woman has two eyes, she's less easily fooled. But she'll be none the wiser as long as you keep your distance throughout the lovemaking procedure. Ah! Yeah. (laughs) Sorry you had to find out like this, Leela. I was hoping you'd see it on YouTube first. Number three, when dating a two-ton Amazonian, always pack a lunch and a change of pelvises. (laughs) 
<laughs> change of pelvises. <sighs> That's really a best. great voice. He does another one. I, I do have to do this. Uh, there was um, uh, Sasquatch. Are you kidding me? Number four. If you want to climb aboard the love train, you've got to stand on the love tracks. But uh, he did one. Uh, Futurama, Sasquatch. Yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot safety. Like uh, another delay, but you keep bouncing like I'm a bouncy castle. Oh yeah. Thank God for Muta. <laughs> I want to know how he does this. I get it. Now, since this area is a national Bigfoot preserve, we'll start with a short film about Bigfoot while I make a few phone calls. Bigfoot. Endangered mystery. In the dense forests of the Pacific Northwest dwells the strange and beautiful creature known as Bigfoot, perhaps. Perhaps. That proves it. Sadly, logging and human settlement today threaten what might possibly be his habitat. Although if it's not, they don't. Bigfoot pop. Like how 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 does he get that register? You know, he goes from really high to really low. Bigfoot. Those Bigfoot. guys are able to like Bigfoot go through all their voice, uh, their vocal cords, and just do that shit. Well, but he can. Not everybody can like like John DiMaggio. Yeah, he he has a specific register that he sticks in between. Yeah, Billy West goes fucking all over the spectrum, you know, uh, uh, sound wise. He goes yeah. from highs to lows, you know. Bigfoot. Oh yeah, dude, we're not gonna see uh, uh, Don Quixote, dude. Yeah, <laughs> April fifth has Pet Cemetery and Shazam. Wow. Well, yeah. And then April twelfth uh, has. Uh, Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Which we still haven't seen a real trailer for. Yeah. So. Or two months away. Well, no, we saw a good trailer. There was a. There was that a, was a teaser. You know, sometimes teasers look like fucking trailers to me. I, you know, I. I, I don't know. Oh. So. But I mean, yeah. I, I, we're not going to see Don Quixote, dude. Yeah, <laughs> we're not seeing. You know, because, yeah. Because, I mean, now the end of eight, near a week before, uh, there ain't shit coming out. The week before Avengers does, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's not the curse of La Llorona. Ah, I don't know. Well, I'll have catch up anyways. Yeah. Have you ever seen a documentary called Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood? No, I don't think so. Okay. Do you know who Scotty Bowers is? I think I'm about to find out. You are about to find out, and I am going to tell you this. Remember the whole compelled thing? Do you remember the whole compelled thing that we used to do? Yeah. Okay. I just, it Why do you like give it, me this look like a fucking deer felt, in the headlight? It felt like a trick question. No, just answer the goddamn question. Stop stop pretending like there's a fucking conspiracy about everything. The whole compelled thing? <laughs> Scotty Bowers was a pimp in Hollywood from the 40s to the 80s. This movie was produced and directed by Matt Turnour, a special correspondent for Vanity Fair magazine. Now, I'm going to start off right away by saying I don't care for this documentary. Uh-huh. Um, it seemed to not really want to get into the nitty gritty of the real problem with Hollywood, which is the whole sex trafficking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which Scotty was a part of. Um, oh, it doesn't even have anything on it. How fucking wonderful. 
what could have been a merely sensationalistic expose of the private lives of then-closeted screen luminaries instead emerges in the hands of documentarian Matt Turnour as a nicely filled-out look at different eras, one secrecy-ridden and dedicated to the preservation of illusion, the other wide-open and blasé about personal predilections. Um, no, not really. No? This, this follows Scotty, and the whole story is Scotty's in 90, 92. Uh-huh. He's 92 years old, okay? Scotty Bowers was an escort. He was a twink. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, it's just a funny name. Sorry, it's he's a funny 95. term. And um, he wrote a book uh, in 2012 called Full Service. Um, well, he has a book out. It was written by Lionel Friedberg from 150 hours of interviews. Uh, drew publicly, including a profile in the New York Times, featured on CBS News Sunday morning. He has a savant-like quality, a result of his refusal to be embarrassed by sex. He's also a super massive hoarder. Hmm. He has hundreds of millions of dollars worth of property in Hollywood. And it's just crowded with shit. And every one of his house, he was gifted houses, literally gifted houses by people. Damn. He has like seven or eight or ten houses, and he won't sell them. And one of them, one a couple of them are in probate court right now because okay. there's and I mean wills and this and that, or he, where he was gifted fucking houses. Yeah, and every one of them is crammed full of shit. He is a collector of garbage. Like he'll see in one scene, there was a, a toilet that was on the ground. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's a pretty good toilet. I'm going to get that. And he goes back and gets his fucking truck, and then later on in the movie, you see him t- pick up the toilet and put it in the truck and go home. Like, just, just stacks and stacks of shit yeah. everywhere. Like, he can't throw it away. God, I'm, I'm the opposite of that shit, dude. I, I like to get rid of things. You know, like, I understand, like, pictures mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. You know, you don't throw away stuff like that. Yeah. Unless you're a moron. But, you know, he has, he has pictures and he has fucking contracts. He has... He has pay stubs from people that he worked with. Yeah. That's just weird. Uh, Bowers was born in Ottawa, Illinois. Um, Is he from, did he live during the Depression? He lived during the Depression. So maybe he's like, well, can't get rid of anything. Fine, go. Can I, can I continue? Just yes. let me wait until, just wait for Fine. some stuff. You okay? Yeah, yeah, no. I, the, the ears are getting. Yeah, they push on my ears for, you know, because I got a big head. Well, yeah. Mega heed. We got a huge heed. <laughs> Giant heed. Heed. Pillow. Now, uh, <laughs> after working his way through the Depression, which you just asked if he fucking was born, uh, he fought in the Pacific, including the Battle of Iwo Jima, as a paramarine in the Marine Corps, uh, losing his brother and two close friends, which he, they should have never been there, but uh, his brother should have never been there. According to his memoir, his sexual career began in 46 while he was working at his, as an attendant at the Richfield Oil Gas Station at 5777 Hollywood Boulevard at the corner of Van Ness Avenue. In 1950, Bowers stopped working at the service station and began working as a party bartender while continuing his sexual services. He also claims to have provided women to Alfred Kinsey in interview, as interview subjects for his famous study on human sexuality. Bowers was never prosecuted by the authorities for his activity. He kept all his contact information in his head, which is a fucking lie. He didn't, but that's okay. The actor Beach Dickerson willed three houses to him. Cinematographer Nestor Almendros bequeathed him his Oscar. How the fuck do you get someone to give you their Oscar? Because he has a good dick. (laughs) Apparently. That's the other thing about this documentary. It's just filled with dick. 
just guys fucking and it's not like every other scene but there it, it like like a third of the movie in a third of the way into the movie there's yeah. like a fucking uh there's like a film going on where they're at somebody's house on the beach and it's just guys walking around naked sucking each other's dicks and orgy stuff okay and then and, and then and, and then like it shows his trailer they're explaining how he lived at he lived at the Richfield Oil gas station. Yeah. There was a trailer there, and he drilled a hole and he placed a camera there. He still got film from it. And it was like just some guy just fucking sucking some other guy off, you know. Yeah. And then and then like the next one is like you know literally they were having sex. You know it doesn't show penetration. It just shows you know just skin on skin. Yeah. And it's just it's just like like I, I get. It. I mean he's gay, but. He was an escort for, and he and he found other people and this and that. Like, do we really need to see this amount of dick in a movie? I mean, it wasn't you know one, two, three, two scenes enough, but like four or five. Yeah, it's just like an overabundance of fucking dick. Cock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows Scotty. After all, he's been serving drinks to the Beverly Hills crowd for almost sixty years. I know what he stirs the drinks with. Working a different party almost every night, sometimes two a day. The veracity of Bauer's many claims was endorsed by Gore Vidal. In his last public appearance, Vidal spoke at the official launch of the memoir. Get I'm, it off your chest. I'm reading ahead. That, uh, there's just funny shit that, that's ahead in this statement there. Robert Benavides, the partner of actor Raymond Burr, said to LA Weekly, Scotty just liked to make people happy. <laughs> um, Scotty was also very was abused as a child, sexually abused. Um uh, Joan Alleman, the former arts director of the Beverly Hills Unified School District, who knew Bauer for more than 20 years and introduced him to his subsequent co-writer, Lionel Freeberg, said, Scotty doesn't lie about anything. He's a poor kid from a farm in Illinois, and when he got here, his two assaults were his big dick and charming personality. That's what he used to feed his family. <laughs> it's, that's, a, that's a direct quote, bro. I know. It just sounds funny. Cecil Beaton wrote of his sexual encounters <laughs> with Bowers in the published Diary of the 60s, while Debbie Reynolds wrote in her memoir, memoirs of Milton Berle, employing him for a party prank, a profile in New York social diary attested to Bowers' connections, career of sexual support, and happy-go-lucky character. Clients all agreed that he was very good at what he did and very agreeable and very discreet. He did not discriminate, which, again, tells me, tells me more than I need to know. Uh, he even had one regular longtime client, which was actually this guy, Beach Derrickson, um, who had no arm. Oh, no, it's not Beach. Who had no <laughs> arms and no legs. They called him Matt. Can't run away. The Scotty I knew was a guy who always seemed to be enjoying his life, working morning, noon, and night with never a gripe, always a smile, never an axe to grind. After a lifetime in Hollywood, that's a remarkable feat. Uh, it's been suggested that Bowers' claims were dismissed by some, not simply because virtually everyone he talks about has died, but because many in the industry still clung to a prudish, homophobic, and manufactured version of the past. Uh, Bowers, <laughs> the documentary on Bowers is merely proof of the enduring power of the Hollywood myth machine created there by outsiders, Jewish immigrants themselves, who are furriers and glove manufacturers projecting a lie of made-up image of white Americanism. Um, the uh, the William J. Mann who interviewed Bowers for Catherine Hepburn's biography. I found him forthright and honest and not interested in personal fame or gain. At that time, he turned down Mann's offer to write about him. Uh, author and journalist Tim Tiemann also interviewed Bowers and wrote that as candid as Bowers was, he was also respectful when it came to sex and sexuality, utterly without shame and judgment. My problem with this whole thing is that it's, a, it's the secret history of Hollywood 
and he was a young man when they approached him. Mm-hmm. So he was introducing others to like friends and stuff like that that were just as young or younger than him. Yeah. Um, this is a fucking problem without with the whole with, with all of Hollywood in terms of what's going on, what's been going on, and what will go on. Uh, they go after the young ones. You know, um, when you're watching the films, obviously they didn't put in everything, but every 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 portion of the film, uh, the of of the uh, the films that they were using within the film, yeah, um, showed at least one or two twink type guys, or maybe very underage guys, wandering around. You know, and it's it's for me that's it's it's just unacceptable that. You would um, you would have this whole idea, this whole story, and not tell. You have you're you're telling the story, but you're not telling the whole story. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, like it focused on too many things that it sh- it didn't it, it wasted time on instead of getting more into the meat of the story. No, it didn't. No, it told the meat of the story. It told Scotty Bauer's story. That was the meat of the story. It should have told the real story. But it didn't. It skipped over a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and and focused mainly on his life at ninety two years old. the 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 weirdest thing about that whole thing is it opens up with him going to a party at um, the uh, Chateau Marmont in L A. And he's um, as he's there, uh, they have all these people, all these actors there. These you know old actors. They're in their eighties and nineties. And they're all dressed up, to, and they and they still think that they're in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, you know, and all of them have not all of them, but a a good many of them ha- still have the dark hair. They dye their hair still. They the the makeup is fucking dreadful. They don't even try. They look like clowns, like clay. Yeah, it's not clay. Clowns. They look like fucking clowns. Literally clown makeup. The fucking rouge is too yeah too much. Uh, they're like old women that love to have that fucking lipstick. I. So weird. Like I think it just looks different to them or something at that age. I I just don't. But a lot of old women like to use a certain what kind of pink lipstick and shit. It's really weird. Yeah, it's just. And then always rose. It's always fucking rose perfume. You know, like I I, I wonder if like the senses change or something when you get that age and so where rose starts to smell extremely good or something because rose smells like shit. I hate that smell of rose. But whatever. Anyways. <laughs> so, um. You know, I, I'm i pretty much in the style that I think I'm going to be in the rest of my life. So I like to wear, you know, T-shirts and, and basketball shorts. So, you know, I'm 41 now. I, I could see 10 years from now I'm going to still wear the same shit. 20 years from now, if I'm still alive, which I plan on being, 30 years. So if I make it to my fucking 80s or 90s, I'm still going to dress the same. Cause what I like, the fuck are you talking about? Well, you're talking about people that like like – they they wear like these weird styles and shit, you know. No, I was talking about the Hollywood party that Scotty Bowers went to. Yeah. And and how they were all dressed up, but they still they still believe that they're in their twenties and thirties, yeah. f- not for fucking clothes, for for their hair and their makeup. Yeah. Well, also I'm I'm kind of without mentioning it <laughs> beforehand, I'm um, going back to the whole uh, the dirt movie about the guy that dresses like he's in his sixties now. And he's still Nikki fucking six. Yeah, and he still dresses like you know. Yeah, it's because it's because he can't let go. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I know there's certain things that you know, I'll I'll, I'll definitely have to let go, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, still I still want to know where it came. 
the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe I'm about to have a stroke. I yeah. I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> concerned, bro. So I got a no- notification on my phone that the Joker trailer was out. Huh. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I clicked on it. Was it a, just a picture of a dick? Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a big cock. Yeah. It was a <laughs> Scotty Bowers dick. <laughs> so anyways. Um, and it was this... Um, it was a fan film, but this is I, okay. So this is my my fucking complete rant on this thing. Okay, um, fake trailers. Okay, fake trailers piss me off to no end because they they are using clickbait to ma- to get you to click on these. Yeah, things. this is official. Well, this n- not all of them, but yeah, a, a good many of them say official. This one did not say official, but this one's you know. So I was I clicked on it because the way that they had it written was. Was uh, in fact, I'm gonna bring it up here. Hold on a second. Um, no, Smasher, Smash Brothers, right here. Okay, see, <coughs> was this it? Right there, the Joker official trailer from a month ago. This one right here. Yeah, there's the Joker official trailer. Uh, well, no, they they actually did a an, they did a teaser, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the one where uh, he smiles at the camera. But I, it could be mistaken. I don't. Stick to the plan, people. We're out in ten minutes. I'm here to make a deposit. So I began. Guys. Can't take it. Oh, see? Yeah. Again. Okay, so this one right here. Joker teaser trailer, right? Uh-huh. Um, this is not this is not the trailer. Yeah, it's from four months ago too. But that's what I got. I got fucking that, that, uh, whatever you want to call it. No. <laughs> From, see, right here. First look concept trailer. This is how they, this is how they get away with it. Yeah, 15 million Kenobi, views. A Star Wars story. First look concept trailer. Ewan McGregor Star Wars movie. Okay, first and foremost, this is not real. This is fake. And then when you click on it, because I'm going to click on it for, for a purpose... You, as you see, is where it shows in theaters 2019-2020, right? New concept trailer for the rumored Star Wars anthology spinoff, The Untold Story, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The shit that YouTube fucking uh, regulates Hold on. on people. Hold on. This is a concept trailer, so yes, this video is fake and not real. This was not made to fool or scam anyone. It is simply for fans to take a glimpse into what the movie could be. This is clickbait. You guys are fucking junk. Yeah. Not made to fool or scam anyone. That is exactly what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you say. You didn't say fake trailer. You said first look concept trailer. Yep. Okay. And then you and then you use your little fucking lawyer speak to say, oh, well, this is not used to scam because we're using the word concept. Yeah, it's in the fine print. Yeah. And then, but at, but in uh, underneath it, you put Obi Wan Kenobi: A Star Wars Story in theaters, twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Huh? That's a scam. That's a fucking. That's fake. That's clickbait bullshit. And why doesn't YouTube regulate that? <coughs> because they would rather regulate things like saying bad words. Mm-hmm. Well, and I look there. There's a couple of things that they are regulating. They're doing, but there's only so much that they can yeah. do. So. So, look at this Interstellar two trees, teaser trailer, and they're pulling all this stuff and and putting together a whole, whole bunch of other from a whole bunch of other movies. 
uh, Captain Marvel first, first look trailer concept. You know, twenty four million views. Friends movie teaser trailer, Fallout, X Men, Dark Phoenix, The Spectacular Spider Man, uh, Fantastic Four. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> oh, yeah, here here's the other one. One point eight million views for the Star Wars Episode Nine teaser trailer concept. Uh, Disney Snow White first look concept trailer. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I mean they they do a good job of making these trailers. They really do. I have to give them kudos for that. But fuck you with the with the fucking bullshit. You know, the 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 clickbait fucking official trailer highlights. Oh, well, these are official trailers. Okay, I'll give that to them. <laughs> Smasher highlights. And they're not the only ones. I'm picking on Smasher because they showed this fucking Joker teaser trailer, which actually was pretty good, but you, you, these these fucking these Just, fucking fake scam yeah, scam Yeah, quit mislabeling it. A new tribute trailer for the upcoming 2019 Spider-Man Far From Home. Rip Stan Lee, thanks for everything. Like, shit, we're in the wrong fucking business. That's what we should do. We should do fake trailers. Stan Lee got a, a mention in the uh, memoriam during the Oscars. Okay. And there were people that were omitted. Dick Miller, uh-huh. not mentioned. Fucking si- over well, 60 Well, Dick years? Miller Dick Miller had died like right before the show. Anyway, he died like a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, they, they could still do it, but what, what if they didn't have time? Well, what if they I've had already it, put it together? I've seen them do people that died two days before the Oscar telecast. Okay. Like, uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman or whatever. Right, they, right, right. So they could have done it. Dick Miller, I mean, he deserved to be on that fucking list. They had fucking writers and, and, and producers and, and other people that I've never fucking heard of. They had a shit ton of those mentioned during the Oscars, during the memoriam thing. But yet they left out Dick Miller. Um, there's a bunch of other people they left out too. I, there you I, go. Let's look at the snubs list. Carol Channing was left out. I um, she was dead. Vern Troyer, yeah, fucking uh, Minnie got left out. You know, but again, uh, um, let me ask you a question. Yeah, how fucking important is that? It's not. I want to say it's important. It's I, not. I just I like to see certain acknowledgments for certain. Yeah, but you know. who gives a fuck? Well, apparently not the Oscars. Yeah, no, nobody gives a fuck. These are people that died. So in, in memoriam, they they snub these people. It's it's again, it's self-aggrandizing, patting yourself on the back for winning something, you know, that anybody can do. Yeah. Anybody can act, you know? It just depends on how much effort you're putting in, want, willing to put into acting. Anyone can cook. Yeah, anyone can cook. Anyone can play guitar. It's just how much effort that you want to put into yeah. doing this stuff. But, again, it's... And and I, I don't care what anybody else says. There, this, is, this isn't fan-based voting. Yeah. This isn't... This isn't me and you voting and being part of, quote-unquote, the Academy. Yeah. This is... There's a bunch of rich white people, rich old white people, and then some being part of the academy that votes for this. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to spend a bunch of money promoting your film to get um, even considered for nomination. Yeah, it's like buying a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Or running for president. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or running for any office, really. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. They left out Mini Me. Let's see. Uh, Carol Channing. Oh, Arlie Ermey and John Mahoney fucking both left out. Um, yeah. See, oh, yeah. John, Ma- John Mahoney. Uh, John Mahoney was in a lot of shit over the Dorothy last Dorothy Malone. Why can't I just get a list? Why do we have to have all these fucking Tweets. Julie Adams, Dick Miller, Harry Anderson, Donald Moffat, Vern Troyer? Harry Anderson was more 
TV than anything else, but still. Yeah. Uh, um, but they're not the only ones. The Grammys did it too with uh, 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 Dime's brother Vinny um, okay. from Pantera, uh-huh. and then and I can't I I, I can't remember. Uh, oh, uh, Janie Lane, Janie Lane of Warrant, but they put uh, Janie Lane of. Let's um, see, we forgot uh, Motorhead. Okay. They literally put that uh, in the in memoriam thing. Yeah. Janie Lane, Motorhead, nineteen something to twenty twelve or whenever he died. Yeah. Like really, you can't you can't do the three seconds worth of fucking, you know, typing in of Janie Lane. Yeah. Lead singer, and you put Overkill instead of Warrant, or not Overkill, but <laughs> Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah. Fucking dummies. Yeah, I you know I I think that uh, it's just that showed to me. Another reason why the Oscars can't be taken as seriously as I'd like them to be is because they don't, they're not even taken seriously enough. Well, here, here's, here's Entertainment Weekly. This is what they say. Um, maybe. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, Sciences President John Bailey acknowledged to viewers before introducing, introducing, <laughs> I'm sticking with that word. It's much better. Introducing this year's In Memoriam segment at the, that not everyone could make the cut. Still, some omissions left viewers. Why? Why can't not everyone make the cut? Yeah, why not? You allow you allow these people to um, push their political agendas in ten minute speeches, but not everybody that dies can make the cut. <laughs> Dick Miller, Gremlins, Little Shop of Horrors, The Terminator, Sandra Locke, who received an Oscar nomination, um, Reggie Cathy. Oh, House fucking Reggie Cathy! I forgot about him. Yeah, see, um, John Mahoney. Uh, Mark Ehrman from Murderball, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Uh, Stanley Donnan didn't make the cut. In the case of Donnan, at least, it was likely a matter of timing because he died Thursday. Uh, Carol Channing, which we already talked about. Uh, Gary Gary Kurtz. Yeah. For you know, American Graffiti and Star Wars, Stanley Donnan. Um, yeah, I mean, how could you leave out John Mahoney? Yeah. Reggie Cathy's been doing shit for decades, too. Uh and then, yeah, Arlie Ermey. I mean, fuck, everyone remembers him from Full Metal Jacket and, yeah. and other things he was in. I just watched Apocalypse Now um, the other day, and Arlie Ermey's in there. He he has a non-speaking role as a as a pilot. Yep. So, anyways, it, it's uh, this this is why I don't I don't care about the Grammys. This is why I don't care about the Oscars. This is why I don't care about yeah a, awards that are given by industry veterans. Yeah. The industry people need to stop giving themselves awards. If you want to really affect something, then allow us to give them the awards. Yeah. So um, there was uh, uh, what was it the (laughs) the fucking Razzies? (laughs) The Razzies gave um, gave the new uh, Holmes and Watson uh, film with uh, Will Ferrell and and John C. Riley. They gave that the worst uh, (laughs) worst picture. And John C. Riley, I think he got um, worst uh, he, worst actor for it. Worst picture. Let's see. There was Holmes and Watson. There was Gotti. The Happy Time Murders. Robin Hood and Winchester. Well, what about King Arthur? But didn't that that came out? No, that was ago. yeah, that was a, over a year ago. Uh, Gotti. Uh, I mean, dude, Holmes and Watson beat Gotti for and worst that's, picture. And Gotti is fucking awful. It's Gotti awful. Uh, worst director: Eaton Cohen, Holmes and Watson. Then you have Kevin Connolly for Gotti. James Foley for Fifty Shades Free. Brian Henson and the Spearig brothers for Winchester. Okay. 
I disagree with the uh, yeah the happy time the happy murders. Time yeah, murders. Uh, I mean, it wasn't fucking awful, but yeah. And then look at Forrest actress Melissa McCarthy for Happy Time Murders and Life of the Party. Donald Trump. Yeah, that, that, you can't you can't put a fucking documentary at for you know the uh, subject of a documentary is worse actor. Yeah, sorry, I, I disagree with that. It's, yeah, there's not one. I I I just watched that Fahrenheit eleven nine on Amazon, and. Um, Donald Trump does not one time show up on that film as an in an acting role. It's all just footage, right? So and then Kellyanne Conway is as the same, worst supporting actress. You cannot add in documentarian people as actors. <laughs> they're not actors. They're being they're a subject of a documentary, yeah, or part of a Johnny Depp, Sherlock Gnomes, Will Ferrell, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, and Death Wish. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't awful in that fucking no. movie. See the Razzies are just—they're just fucking reaching. Like worst actress Jennifer Garner and Peppermint. I mean, she wasn't awful in that, but no, she was believable. You know, Amanda Seyfried, the clapper as Judy. Uh, I, okay, Melissa McCarthy. I mean, she wasn't great in it, but who cares? Uh, she should have. I mean, Life of the Party. Yes, Happy Time Murders. Uh, worst supporting actor. Well, how can? Okay, worst supporting actor John C. Riley. Chris Bridges, Show Dogs, Jamie Foxx, Joel McHale, and Justice Smith. From Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> We're supporting actress, Marsha Gay Harden, Kelly Preston, Jazz Sinclair, Melania Trump. Again, you're adding in document you're adding in a documentary person. Melania Trump, I dude, they barely showed her in that entire documentary. I think they showed her like for one scene. They're, yeah, but they're doing this because they hate Trump. I, I, I know. And it's fucking stupid. Get over your goddamn political shit. And fucking give us the, the Razzies are supposed to be fun, yeah. and and you're throwing politics in the middle of this, and it's getting in the way of having fun. Yep, we should make our own. We're gonna call it the Josies. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was born. <laughs> and we're not gonna make it fucking political. It's just shitty movies or movies that we suspect are shitty. We don't even have to watch them, like. But we can't make fun of movies. Every that fucking Medea movie is going to be. It's every category is going to be named after a Medea movie. Do you know why we're seeing Cold Pursuit this week? No, because the only movie coming out this week is the fucking Medea f- funeral movie. Yeah, the Razzie Redeemer Award, Transformers franchise, Bumblebee. Oh, the Redeemer Award. I guess yeah. this is people uh, become a respected artist and come back from critical and/or commercial failure. Like Melissa McCarthy, can you ever forgive me? Yeah, Which she, I kind of wanted to see. She was not. She was up for an Oscar for for Best Actress for that. Yeah, Sony Pictures, the Barry L. Bumstead Award. I don't know what the Barry L. Bumstead Award is, but whatever. Uh, worst screenplay: Fifty Shades Free, Death of a Nation, uh, Gotti, The Happy Time Murders, and Winchester. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel? Really, Holmes and Watson beat out the Meg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Razzies used to seem like something fun, but you know, there's a lot of times where I disagree with their shit, big time. You know, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if uh, these were fun, like Tom Cruise, you have you have fun. The Emoji Movie. This is last year. Worst director of the Emoji Movie. Worst actor, Tom Cruise. Worst actress, Tyler Perry. <laughs> right? That's funny. Yeah, that is funny. That's funny. Kim Basinger, Mel Gibson, uh, any two obnoxious emojis, worst screen combo, worst prequel remake, you know, um, worst screenplay, the emoji movie. Like, it just ran the fucking gamut. Razzie nomination. 
The Razzie Redeemer reward a safe Hollywood haven from a history of Razzie-worthy behavior unfitting for an industry of artists to where talent is protected, nourished, and allowed to flourish with proper compensation. <laughs> the Barry L. Bumstead Award. You know, it's just... Once you... Once you Sorry, once you get that shit involved. A Bad Mom's Christmas made $100 million more than its fucking budget. <laughs> Baywatch, $100 million more than its budget. Medea made $23 million more than its budget. The Circle, $22 million. Collide, lost money. Daddy's Home made a, Daddy's Home made 110 Even better. Even better. Dead Men Tell No Tales, $500 million more than its budget. Transformers The Last Night, $388 million more than its budget. Oh, Fifty Shades Darker. Fifty Shades Darker made $326 million more than its budget. We're in the wrong fucking business, bro. I find it hilarious that Mother was nominated for anything. Um, and uh, Razzie-wise, that movie is actually well fucking done. But whatever. You know what? Some, when people are confused by shit, I, I can see if, if people don't get it, they're going to say it's shit. So. Yeah. You know, like... Fucking Suicide Squad. Damn. <laughs> that movie made bank. Fucking London has fallen. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still made money. F- fuck, man. And they're rebooting it again. Independence Day made money. Oh, yeah. Batman versus Superman. We're taking the battle to you, aliens. We're, we're teaming up with a team, with with, with a old white guy, a crazy dude. An older a, white guy. A good-looking dude. <laughs> and, and a... a and a guy that can't fly. We're going to call him the I-Team. It depends. Where are you? Why? Why the fuck? I mean, really. Of course. Season five. I thought they only did four seasons. Prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. Hold on a second. We got to start over. Yeah, you got them right. up. In 1972, on the Frank moon. Commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security. And now they're going to hunt aliens. Today, still Today. wanted by the government, they still wanted by the government. If you have a problem, we should no do this whole entire sequence. Maybe you can hire the I team. You gotta admit, this is pretty fucking cool. Intro. We we should we should do that, but we should we should remake all of these intros. Yeah, but for bad movies, maybe you could hire. Just the intro to our shows. The I team. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we're gonna see uh, uh, Cold Pursuit. You know, uh, the the film that influenced um, Liam Neeson's racism. <laughs> oh yeah, his blatant racism. Speaking of a team. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when <clears throat> a plan comes. Together. Still, hey, I still want, I still want an A-Team sequel, man. I, I love that one. I love the one that that was done, but whatever, not gonna happen. So anyway, um, fuck the Oscars, um, fuck Hollywood. Apparently, you know, because of uh, Scotty, <laughs> and and yeah, and yeah. This, I mean, the Scotty f- Bowers thing was just like he had a daughter who died yeah. during getting an abortion. Yeah, you know, and it just like he seems, I don't know, he, he just. He seems like distant, like emotionally distant from everything, but that's because cock overload. Fucking no, he was abused as a kid. So uh, and then uh, fuck uh, fake trailers. Yeah, totally. So fake trailers. Fucking garbage. (laughs) All right, so uh, yeah, we'll let you know how Cold Pursuit is, and uh, we'll go from there. So peace out. Fuck off. Salutations. Good night. Bienvenidos. Duh.
That's not Russian. That's Russian for yes. I know. 